0: before I saw a post the other day that a preacher had posted saying that he was not going to preach very long and they fact checked him on that And so I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to preach very long this morning. Although the message at the onset here is uh, supposed to be brief, but uh, last time I said that on a brief message, we ended up being here about an hour and 15 minutes. So uh, we won't be that long today, Lord willing. But uh, we want to we want to get the truth that God has for us, and I I want to try to be a help and encouragement to you. Uh, There are times that God's word instructs us. There's times that brings conviction times that it just edifies us. It helps to strengthen our faith and cause us to grow in our hearts to draw closer to the Lord. And I think the message this morning fits all three of those bills to uh, some degree uh, in pretty much all of our lives. And I believe it will help us in a lot of things. And Paul is giving Timothy uh, an admonition here. And uh, he says that he charges him as we get to verse number 1. Paul says, I charge thee therefore before God the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come uh, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this morning and speak to our hearts. May you guide and direct our thoughts and help us to learn the things that you would have us to learn, that we would allow these things to be applied and that we would take heed to them, and that it would cause us to live more pleasing to you, more uh, in the way that we ought to. Help us to grow. May our hearts be drawn to you this morning. And that we'll love you more as we leave here today than we did when we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Paul is admonishing some things here. and One of the things that he tells Timothy is that there's going to come a time where Timothy is going to be preaching the Word of God, and and people are not going to want to hear it. And by the way, I think we're living in some days like that, although... Uh, I won't say that exclusively our generation is the only generation to have done these things. I think back to the time when God sent Jonah to the city of Nineveh, how that that city had been wholly given uh, to ungodliness and idolatry and things that were going on there. And so God sends Jonah there. Fortunately, God uses Jonah to preach the Word. And uh, the the city of Nineveh, that great city, uh, repents and sack off in ashes. Uh, There are other times where God sends preachers into the mix and people will stop their ears and say, I don't want to hear it, and there's uh, a rejection of God's Word. And so Paul is trying to encourage Timothy in some things. He's teaching him, he's investing in him as a young preacher. And he said there are some things that are very, very important. He said the important thing about preaching is that we make sure that we are preaching Sound doctrine. Now, the only way that you and I can have sound doctrine is to make the doctrine that we have come only from God's Word. Uh, we believe that we have in our hands a un, uh, uh, an infallible Word, a preserved Word, an inspired Word of God. That every word in it is exactly what God wants. We have to believe that about our King James Version Bibles, or if we do not believe that, then we cannot have full confidence that our doctrine is sound. In order for there to be a pure doctrine, there has to be a pure source. And our source, as Baptists, we believe that the source of doctrine is certainly not Brother Greg. I know Brother Greg, and I know that this uh, is a fallible person standing up here in front of you. If you're depending on me to give you your doctrine, uh, you're looking in the wrong place. But we want to look into God's Word because we know that it is infallible. It's not able to even be wrong. And so we find that God's word, our God's, our doctrine comes from God's word. So He's telling Timothy, He says, "Preach the word." In verse number two, He says it this way: He says, "Be instant, in the season, out of season; reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering." Notice this, and what doctrine? So, what are we to be preaching? We're to be preaching the doctrine of the Word of God. Thus saith the Lord: When people get up uh, to preach. They, uh, they're not to give their opinions. They're not to get up and say, this is what I think about things. People don't need to hear that. They need to hear, what does God say about it? I would much rather know God's heart on the matter than mine. Because the Bible tells me that my heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So why would I trust my heart on the issue? I want to know God's heart on the issue. So he tells Timothy, he says, I want you to preach the Word. He says, I want you to be instant. I want you to do this all the time. You, you always be ready. You always be prepared. And by the way, I, I don't know that just preachers that preach the Word of God are supposed to be instant in season and out of season. I believe every Christian is to be this way. That we need to handle the Word of God skillfully as a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We need to study the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. We need to, uh, to uh, digest. And, and uh, we mentioned Wednesday night. We need to saturate ourselves. With the Word of God. And uh, you say, well, Brother Greg, are we ever going to know it all? No. We're never going to know it all. We get to heaven one of these days, and we will know it more, more than we have now, and I think we'll have full understanding of God's Word. But until then, we won't know it all, but we're to strive for it. Why? Because we want to be instant, in season, out of season. Then I want you to notice that Paul says to Timothy, he says this doctrine... He says it's going to serve several purposes. There's going to be some times it's going to bring some reproof to people. There's going to be some times you're going to rebuke some folks. There's going to be some times you're going to exhort people and encourage them and build them up. But He says this, He says when you preach this Word, uh, that that is the the sound doctrine that He speaks of here, He says when you preach it, He said I want you to preach it, notice this, with long-suffering. You see that? I want to focus in on this for a few moments and we're going to move on to four characteristics that I believe ought to be a part of our preaching or our ministry, our spreading of the Word of God. But I want to spend a moment on this idea of long-suffering. There's two things about long-suffering that I think every Christian ought to get a hold of. Number one is this, there are times when we are out here laboring and serving the Lord, we're sharing the Word of God, and we feel like we're not making any progress. There's no fruit for our labors. Anybody ever felt like that before? Adoniram Judson had been in Burma for uh, eight years. And he had been uh, taken to the Burmese prison and hung uh, in the Burmese prison. Back then they would put a, a coupler around just below that first joint of the thumb. And he had both of his thumbs shackled up above his head and where he had to stand on his tiptoes. And he couldn't let his weight sag or he'd pull on the joints of those thumbs. And they had him in this prison. And uh, they were trying to get him to quit preaching the gospel. And uh, he had been eight years and had not seen one soul come to Christ. They finally got his wife to come and plead with him and say, uh, would you just uh, tell him you won't preach anymore and we'll let you go. And uh, they, he said, I'm not going to do that. And so while she's in there, she said the, uh, the mission board back in... Uh, back in uh, uh, England, has asked what your, uh, uh, what your prospects are here on the mission field. And he said, I want you to tell them that our prospects are as bright as the promises of God. A number of years later, Adoniram Judson died, and at his funeral, there were over 200,000 Burmese that had trusted Christ as their Savior as a result of his ministries and those that were started out of it. Why? Because in eight years of time, with not one soul being saved, Adoniram Judson said, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to continue, I'm going to endure, and I'm going to be long-suffering. Just because i preached and nobody seems to be listening doesn't mean I'm going to quit preaching. Just because I've tried to share the Gospel with somebody and it doesn't seem to take hold doesn't mean I'm going to quit, I'm going to keep on going. Why? Because there might be a Matei out there somewhere that's in a hospital that needs to hear the Gospel at his moment's of need, and just before he dies. There might be a neighbor that's next door to us that's going through some issues that needs you to come alongside of them and to share the good news of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There might be a family member who's near death's door and doesn't even know it yet. Perhaps some physical things going wrong or perhaps an accident in their very near future that needs to hear the Word of God and they need to hear it today. We're to be long-suffering in this area of sharing the Gospel and that we don't give up. We're to continue in it. But I believe that the Bible teaches us also this. And I believe that within the context of Scripture, this is more along the lines of what Paul is dealing with with Timothy when he tells him that he's to preach uh, with the long suffering and with doctrine. Because we find this in verse number three and four, if you will look with me there, he says this. For, this is why you're supposed to preach with long suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Now, understand, they are getting spiritual teaching here, but the problem is they're they're getting teachers that are tickling their ears and telling them what they need to hear, having these itching ears. And the Bible refers to them, Paul refers to the, the truths. Follow me on this. Paul refers to them as the truths that these spiritual leaders are teaching that are tickling the ears of the people are fables. That's what he refers to them as. They are not God's word. They're something that man came up with. They're not truth. And so Paul is trying to encourage Timothy in this, that he is to be long-suffering, because these people are going there's going to come a time where you're going to labor and labor and labor and not seem to make any effort, any progress in it. I would also say this, I believe that another part of long-suffering is that we do so with patience. I, I, I was talking with somebody, and I'll say it this way. Uh, I was talking with somebody just recently about sometimes when we preach, the truth is so clear and so plain and it's so easily seen in Scripture, and people sit there in the service, and sometimes they'll amen or even nod their head in agreement, and then as soon as you leave the service, they'll say something that contradicts the truth that you just preached on. And you think, boy, why can't they get it? It's right there. It's right in front of them. And if we're not careful, even among God's people, as we teach and talk about the things of the Word of God, we'll become frustrated that there's not more understanding of the doctrine. So Paul tells Timothy, he says, listen, there's going to come a day where there's going to be some people who won't hear, they won't listen. There's going to also come a day, I believe, where people say, I don't understand it, I, I don't see it clearly from God's Word. Their eyes are darkened. Their hearts are deceitful. Now notice what he says here. He says, when this happens, he says, I want you to preach. I want you to be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long service. By the way, can I say this? We can reprove someone from Scripture and still show them that we love them. I've I've seen so many times that men have gotten up in the pulpits and they have reprove reproved or rebuked someone and they've done it in an arrogant, I am better than you and you're a dirty, rotten sinner kind of an attitude and there was no love shown and that person walked away offended and upset over it, not under conviction. Now I tell you this, there ought to be a humility. When we have to rebuke or reprove somebody according to God's Word, there ought to be a humility and a love and a compassion there. I would hope somebody would do that for me if I needed it that they would come to me in that sort of a spirit. I want to be able to come to them in that spirit as well. I believe there ought to be a long-suffering in that area as well. I want you to notice, as we get to verse number 5, we find that there are four characteristics that ought to embody the proclaiming of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God. And by the way, when Paul tells Timothy to preach the Word here, he's not just speaking this to a pastoral candidate. Every person that has trusted Christ as their Savior are to preach the Word of God. We are to proclaim the Word of God. Uh, It's something that we are all to be a part of. And so we get to verse number 5, and he says, Listen, you're going to come across some times where it's going to get difficult. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel like nobody's listening. Uh, You're going to see people that will hear it, but they won't do it because they don't understand it, and they won't apply it, they won't take heed to it. He said, don't let that cause you to quit. Now, there's four things that he says here in verse number 5. When there are uh, people that will not endure sound doctrine, when there are people that want to go to uh, the church that has entertainment and, cause, and the preacher gets up there and preaches power of positive thinking messages and health, wealth, and prosperity makes you feel good, makes you think that God's will is for everybody to be healthy and wealthy and wise, uh, he said, when that happens, he said, there's some things I want you to do, Timothy. Notice what he says here in verse number 5. He says, when this happens, he says, but watch thou in what? In all things. And i tell you this, he's telling Timothy here, Timothy, I want you to be faithful. I want you to be watchful of these things in all things. I, I, stay, stay by the stuff. Keep, keep your hand to the plow. Be watchful in all things. Be aware of what's going on around you. Make sure that you're doing the work, the work of the uh, the ministry here. Stay 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 with the stuff here. Be watchful of these things. Turn with me. And hold your place here for just a moment. Turn with me to First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter number five. 1 Thessalonians chapter number five. And look with me in verse number six. First Thessalonians chapter number five, and verse number six. Paul says, this, "Let's back up. Uh, let's back up to verse number. Well, let's go to verse number one. It's, we'll just read it all, okay? But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, so he's speaking here to the saved. But ye, brethren, are not in what." We're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, because we are children of light, not of darkness, therefore let us not what sleep as do others, but let us what watch and be sober. Can I encourage you in this? Just because we are saved doesn't mean we can't fall asleep. Paul is instructing the church at Thessalonica. He said, you're of the day. And he warns them. He says, don't sleep as others do. He says, don't sleep. Don't do this. It's possible for you and I, as children of light, to fall asleep and and, and just be oblivious. I, I believe this. I believe that the people that fall asleep spiritually, that are believers, that trust Christ as their Savior... I believe the people that fall asleep are the people who tuck their salvation in their wallet as their ticket to heaven and go on and live their life the way that any other person does. They're oblivious to what's going on. Notice what he says here in verse number 7. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us what? uh, Back in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Very important that Paul tells Timothy here in verse number five But watch thou watch thou. Don't be asleep, be fervent, keep 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 your hand at the helm, keep your keep keep your course straight, keep keep doing the work. Keep preaching the Word. These folks that are going to keep to themselves having itching ears, uh, they're going to they are going to frustrate you. They're going to cause you to want to quit sometimes. They're going to cause you to be weary in the way. Paul tells Timothy, but watch thou in all things. Don't give up. Do not give up. Keep your eyes moving. Keep your hand to the, to the plow. Notice he says this in verse number 5. And, and so we, we, we look first of all at the faithfulness that he encourages Timothy in to continue to watch in all things. In verse number 5, he says, Endure afflictions. Endure afflictions. Can I tell you this? That each and every one of us have been given the responsibility to take this, this precious book to a world that needs to hear it. If you ask me why God did this, I can't tell you the answer to that. I don't know. Why would God take the most precious thing that He has and entrust it in our hands? Why would He give us the responsibility of taking His word to a lost and a dying world? And the answer to that is I don't know. But He did. And so he tells Timothy, he says, endure hardness. You're going to be out here preaching sound doctrine. He said, I want you to endure hardness. There's an implication that is given here in this particular verse of Scripture. And that is that it is not a matter of if hardness will come. It's a matter of when it comes. Paul does not, does not question He does not say, well, it could, it might, it maybe does. He says, when it does, endure it. Endure it. You and I have been given a great responsibility. And there will come a time where people will say, I'm not going to listen. I I, I want to listen to somebody that's going to tell me something I want to hear. There's going to come a time where even some of God's people will hear the Word of God and they'll say, "I, I know that, I see it, but I'm going to live a different way. Paul said endure that. Endure the hardness. There's going to come a time where people may say we don't want you teaching that anymore. We don't want you preaching that anymore. And the implication Paul gives here is when that happens endure it. Endure the hardness. Endure the hardness. Notice in verse number 5 He says, But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. What is the work of an evangelist? (laughs) I'm going to give you a very profound definition. You ready? The work of an evangelist is to evangelize. Isn't that profound? We're to evangelize. We're to take God's Word and we're to share it with others so that they can get saved. We're to lead men to the the decision for Christ. We're to lead them to the feet of the cross. To the foot of the cross. We're to lead them to make a decision of salvation. We're to preach the word, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're to do that to an entire world. By the way, the, the, the great commission that God gave in Matthew chapter 28 was not for us to, throughout the course of history, at one point be able to reach the entire world with the gospel. That was given for every generation. You know, our generation, we've got probably two or three generations sitting here in our church. The generation that you were born in, we have been given the responsibility to reach our generation, all of it, with the gospel. So Paul tells uh, Timothy, he says, listen, I want you to preach the Word. There's going to come some times where people aren't going to want to hear it. He says, but watch down all things, endure hardness, And do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Several people have been asking about tracks. Lord willing, we're going to be getting some new tracks here very shortly for our church. Give give them out everywhere you go. Talk to people. Invite them to church. You say, well, I get embarrassed talking to, to them about the things of the Lord. Can I encourage you in something? Paul said this I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. I was talking to a friend of mine, Brother Wayne Korfman, a number of years ago, and he made this statement. He said, we're never embarrassed to talk about the ones we love. Can I encourage you in this? Don't be embarrassed to talk about the things of the Lord. He's our Savior. He's the one that's done so much for me. He's the one that has saved my soul. And I don't mind telling anybody about that. I don't care who it is. I, I want to tell people about the fact that Jesus saved me. There are times, a lot of times, people ask me how I'm doing, and I'll say, way better than I deserve. It's amazing to me how many people say, oh, no, you deserve better. And I'm like, no, I don't. Let me tell you why. And just a simple phrase like that that can open the conversation. I deserve hell. I'm thankful I'm not getting it. Do the work of an evangelist. Share the gospel everywhere you go. Tell people about the wonderful news of salvation. Paul tells Timothy, he says, "Listen, don't 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 give up, don't quit. I, I want you to be steadfast in these things. I, I want you to make sure that you're preaching the word, that you're instant in season, out of season. You're reproving, rebuking, exhorting, with all long suffering." He says, "Verse five, watch thou in all things endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist." And he says, "This make full proof of thy ministry, the fervency." the zeal, the earnestness in which we we serve the Lord. I think there are four attributes that are given here. Number one, we're to be faithful. That's watching now in all things. Number two, we're to fulfill the responsibility that God has given to us to endure the affliction and continue doing the work of the, of the Lord. I believe there's an accountability that is given here. That we're to do the work of an evangelist. And I believe that there is to be a zeal and an earnestness to our service. I want us to look back to verse number 1 and we're going to wrap it all up in this. This is the the conclusion of the matter. Paul tells Timothy in verse number 1, I charge thee therefore. Is that where verse number 1 ends? If Paul had said, I charge thee therefore, preach the word that we would look at that and say, okay, Paul is admonishing Timothy about these things. I want you to notice something I think is very interesting in verse 1. Paul tells Timothy, I charge thee therefore before what? Before God. And the Lord Jesus. And he doesn't even stop there, does he? He doesn't come to to Timothy and say, Timothy, I'm charging you before God and before the Lord Jesus, preach the word. In other words, with them as my witness, here's what I'm charging you. He doesn't even do that. Here's what he says. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, the quick meaning the living here, the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. He said, Timothy, there's going to come a day of accounting where God is going to take those that are saved and those that are lost, and He's going to divide between the two. He's going to bring judgment on men. He says, there is there is something that I'm charging you to do, and I want you to understand the charge is in light of the fact that there's coming a day where the lost are going to be cast into outer darkness, and those that are saved are going to go to heaven. And because of that truth, Timothy, preach the Word. preach the Word, I can only imagine the kind of conversations that Timothy and Paul had. Perhaps Timothy could have said to Paul, well, but they won't listen to me. Well, Paul, it's just the day we live, it's just the society we live in, it's just hard to preach the gospel. You ever hear those arguments today? Well, our world, they're just so hard-hearted I just don't think it can be done in the day that we live. What did Paul tell Timothy? Watch thou in all things. Endure hardness. Do the work of an evangelist. And make full proof of thy ministry. He was telling Timothy, by the time you get to the end of your ministry, Timothy, I want you to look back with no regrets. And you have fervently pursued the work that God has given you to do with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your might. Why? Because there's a God in heaven that one day is going to judge between the quick and the dead. There's coming a day of reckoning for every man. Paul says, because of this, Timothy, preach the Word. Be instant in see. You say, Brother Greg, why is it important that I read and study my Bible so we can help men to Christ? Why is it important that I. I mean, do I really have to study it? Sure. We ought to be able to take God's word and handle it well. We ought to be well prepared with it. I've heard people say, well, Pastor, you know, I got somebody that wants to be saved and I just. Didn't know how to tell it. If we're saved, we ought to learn how to tell it. Take the Word of God and know it. Memorize it. Study it. Learn from it. Why? Because there's going to come a day. There's an accountability that God gives to everyone. Because He has entrusted this book to us, He holds us accountable for it. There are going to be some times the Bible speaks of where we will have the blood of an innocent person that does not know Christ as their Savior. We're going to have that blood on our hands. There's going to come times when God does judge between those that are lost and those that are saved that we're going to see people that we came across their path. That we had opportunity... I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that they're going to be able to speak to us. But I have often wondered in that day if they will not look across and look at us and say, Why did you not tell me? I do believe this. The Bible says that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, speaking of Christians that are in heaven. I've often wondered, Why are there tears? Why are the tears? I believe there's going to be an awful lot of tears that are shed. We realize that I didn't preach the word. I wasn't in in season and out of season. I didn't reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering. I gave up. I was too easily distracted. I was too easily discouraged from it. Embarrassed. Paul told Timothy, Watch down all things, endure do afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. And I encourage us in this today. We've preached the last five or six weeks on salvation, people knowing that they're saved. Can I tell you, this morning we preached mainly to Christians. There's a great responsibility that God has given to us. And there's a great accountability that you and I have. Because God has chosen to give us, in our hands, His precious Word. Because He has chosen to use us to propagate that Word. And there's a great responsibility and a great accountability. And what we do with it. Are we preaching the Word? Are we instant in season and out of season? Are we sharing the Gospel everywhere we go? Let's stand together. Shall we with heads bowed and eyes closed? Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We pray that You'll bless it. Challenge us. Lord, help us not to just be hearers this morning, but doers. Father, may we endure the hardness. There's going to come some times where we're frustrated there's going come some times where we're going to feel like no one's listening Lord may we be steadfast unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord may we continue to endure the hardness may we continue to do the work of an evangelist may we continue to make full proof of our ministry that when we get to the end of our lives we can look back and say Lord I've given everything I could I've not been perfect at it but I've, stri- I've strived to do my very best to share the gospel with those that I've come in contact with. Lord, the day I believe is very near and approaching. I pray that you'd help us to be diligent, to be fervent, to have an earnestness and a zeal about this serving you, about reaching people with the gospel. So, Father, help us today. May we redouble our efforts. May we re-consecrate ourselves and recommit ourselves to doing all that we can. Sharing the gospel with those that need to hear. Bless the invitation time. And Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you as Savior, they don't know if they were to die that they would go to heaven. If there's not been a time where they have put their faith and their trust in you. Then Lord, I pray that today would be that day. Would you bless the invitation time? Do use it. Use it as you would see fit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed please and eyes closed, we'll have just a piano play through a hymn of invitation.